Your life is made of a million moments. Moments of delight, moments of relief. Powered by health tech, Medtronic is making more moments possible. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You knew the job was dangerous when you took it, Fred. I have a question. Shh, be respectful the, uh, of me. You can act like a man. He's colossal. That's stupendous. One might even go so far as to say he's mediocre. I guess I should salute you as a worthy adversary and all that, but the truth is, I really did hate your guts. The Single Storm Podcast. We're in the middle of early voting, kids, and Election Day, Super Tuesday is March 5th. So in that vein, I want to get in some special content for you here on the Salcedo Storm podcast. Encourage you to vote, 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 and have a listen to this conversation with Attorney General Ken Paxton here from the great state of Texas. We're getting some wins, and we need to have more Republicans who are actually conservatives who believe in pushing back against all the harm that's being done to us by our own government and the Democrat Party. Here's how our conversation went. I want to welcome to the program, no stranger to the show. Uh, As a matter of fact, he has been on our program steadily the entire time he's been the Attorney General of the great state of Texas. As a matter of fact, before I even got into radio, I endorsed this man for Attorney General. His name is Ken Paxton. Sir, welcome back. Hey, glad to be back. So let's let's talk about this lawsuit you filed and the the result. This is surrounding the one point eight trillion dollar omnibus bill from 2022. This was the unnecessary bill that John Cornyn and Mitch McConnell and 16 other senators backstabbed the American people and gave the Democrat socialists everything they wanted. And you sued over this. Tell us why you sued and then tell us what the result was. So we sued because in doing this, John Cornyn and these other senators, Republican senators, along with the Democrats, allowed a bill to pass that was not done the right way. It was The Constitution was ignored and not followed. Because in the House, Nancy Pelosi scheduled this bill, and they'd already, they already had this COVID policy where you didn't have to show up to vote. Well, the Constitution requires that you, ha- you, you, you have to be present to vote. You can't proxy vote. She allowed members to proxy vote. They did not have a quorum. And actually, the bill failed. One for quorum, it actually, the people that actually showed up voted it down. Uh-huh. But she counted all these votes of people that were all over the world, uh, some in Europe, uh, voting. And clearly, our Constitution, and you look at the history of that provision, back to Thomas Jefferson, when they were they were dealing with the yellow fever, they were talking about, he was telling Washington he needed to have these people still in Philadelphia voting, even if they were meeting in fields. So it clearly 
the founders envisioned that you had to show up to vote, and they did not do that this time. A crooked, fake budget and a crooked Congress passed a $1.8 trillion omnibus spending bill. So, and, and it was ruled by the, by the high court as unconstitutional, yes? On what grounds? Yeah. Uh, the, the grounds of the, the, simply the words of the Constitution require, you know, I know these courts don't always care about the Constitution, but this court did. And the, the, you, you can't read that and think that you, you, you don't have to be present to vote. It's clear as day that the, the Constitution requires that members be present to vote, and they weren't. So that was the basis. Now, we could only sue in a very small part of it because we can only sue in the part we have standing, where we have an injury to Texas. So we sued under uh, on two different parts, one, a funding mechanism to uh, help all these organizations commit uh, – help to illegal immigration, and two, this super requirement that we don't need in Texas because we have our own laws related to uh, giving more uh, open opening litigation up for uh, pregnant mothers against employers. Okay, so a lot of folks are saying, okay, so a portion of uh, that we had standing, in my opinion, the whole dang bill was unconstitutional. Hopefully that gets adjudicated at some point, but... So what now? I mean, what is the, what is the result that the, the portions that, that you articulated and you were able to sue on was standing? Do we, does, do we get our money back, or does the federal <laughs> government? What happens? Well, so first of all, you're right. There are other, there are other people that might have standing. There, every state could sue over this and, and pick this thing apart. And I think it would be important to do that because it, it shows you can't just ignore the Constitution. And all, everybody knew it. I mean, everybody knew whether it was John Cornyn or, or people in the House, they all knew that they weren't following the rules. Obviously, Nancy Pelosi can ramrod this through, and mm-hmm. at the time, the Republicans had uh, no way to stop her. But that's the reality. But as we go forward, so that the, the issue related to funding this pregnancy stuff, we've got an injunction on that. The other one, they have not funded yet, and they're they're – Budgetary cycle runs out in September on this massive uh, spending bill. They still haven't funded these organizations. So the judge said until there's an actual harm, they actually fund it, then we don't have standing to get a remedy. So presumably if they actually fund this somehow before September 1st, we could could go back and and make the challenge that, hey, now the damage has occurred. So he, he acknowledged that if it gets funded, that obviously... He agreed that there's that they had no right to, to fund this without a vote of yeah. people actually there. You know what? And to the Congress, to the crooked Congress and their crooked fake budgets, you know, you've, you've got another budget crisis coming up. Why don't you just use the money that you already allocated, the $1.8 trillion, for your overseas adventurism? And you know what? We, we don't owe you any more money until you get your butts back in gear and actually do 12 appropriation bills and actually do the work of the American people. Now, I want to refresh everybody's memory, Mr. Attorney General, Ken Paxton. I want to refresh everybody's memory about what was in this bill. One of the provisions in this omnibus bill was was millions and millions and millions of dollars for the border, but only to process more illegal aliens into the United States. In the bill, there was an explicit prohibition of putting any money toward barrier systems, which, of course, now, after uh, almost two years later, we see the results. Texas has been devastated, and John Cornyn voted for that. He voted for a bill that was going to devastate Texas. What do you think that says about a man like John Cornyn who would vote for an, uh, 
a crooked, fake budget omnibus bill, unconstitutional omnibus bill that would harm his own state. What does it say about John Cornyn? It tells you he is aligned with the Democrats, the, the, the establishment Republicans who do not care about this state, do not care about this country. They have their own interests. And, you know, his record of voting for the last 14 years, I mean, I'd love to have one example of, of something he's done that's good for our state, that's good for our country. The, the things that he has done over the last 14 years have are similar to what you're just talking about now. They're damaging to the country. I mean, how do you get worse than saying you can't build barriers and he votes for it and he funds all this incredible spending, $1.7 trillion of spending that we can't afford anyway because we're $30 trillion, $32, $33 trillion, you know, the number changes every day, uh, in debt. And yet he's continuing to fund the Biden administration priorities. Yep, exactly. A John Cornyn perfectly aligned with uh, Beijing Biden's spending priorities. There was another case that Texas has filed and and in defense of a law that Texas did pass, which prohibited social media companies from banning individuals on their social media platforms because of their political affiliation. I'm going to play a soundbite from Justice Alito. He was asking one of the attorneys from the other side, from from big tech, about content moderation. I want to get you to comment. Here's the uh, soundbite. Listen. There's a lot of new terminology bouncing around in these cases, and just out of curiosity, uh, and one of them is content moderation. Uh, could you define that for me? So, uh, you know, look, content moderation to me is just editorial discretion. It's a way to take the, 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 all of the content that is potentially posted on the site, exercise editorial discretion in order to make it less offensive to users and advertisers. Is it, is it anything more than a euphemism for censorship? <laughs> Mr. Attorney General, can you answer the justice's question there, uh, Sam Alito? Uh, uh, isn't their, their content moderation just a fancy way of saying censorship? It's not even fancy. It's, it's a euphemism. They don't want to say censorship because they realize that sounds like what it is, which is bad, right? Yeah, that they yeah. are censoring even though they're protected because they don't censor, right? They have no liability because they're just a platform that anybody can post on. And, and these social media companies, they're not, they're not deciding who, who's saying what or whether it's good or bad, but they're, they don't want to use the word censorship because they know that, that they would lose on that. So they've changed the word. Just like we went from, you know, global warming to climate change. They changed the word. Uh, yes. Liberals changed the word. And they lie to us about what they're doing. And they, they talk out of both sides of their mouth saying, we deserve liability protection. Unlike other publishers, other papers, other media outlets, we, we, we can't be liable because we don't actually have an opinion. On the other hand, we gotta, we gotta do this content moderation slash censorship. And we are actually going to tell people that are conservative, you can't talk about COVID. You can't talk about January 6th. You can't talk about this or that. We are, we have to protect people. And what they parade out is that they parade, a, you know, it's a parade of horribles. Well, we're just protecting against terrorism and we're protecting children. No one has any problem with protecting against terrorism or, uh, you know, children being harmed. What we want to do is have an open forum. They claim they have one. It's also deceptive, by the way, to say that they have it when they actually don't. So, yeah, Justice Alito just nailed them. And the guy, you know, he, he he's a great attorney, and he meandered around it. But the reality is, yeah, it they is. are censoring, and they're they're lying about it. Folks, what the attorney general is making reference to is something called Section 230. 
under Section 230, it was set up for these social media platforms saying, hey, we're just here. We're just uh, letting people spout whatever they want to spout on online and we can't be held liable. So folks said, yeah, of course you can't be. You can't, you know, some guy in in, uh, left-wing California says something crazy. You can't be held liable as a social media platform. It's all well and good. But that's not what Twitter 1.0 is doing. It's not what Facebook and Instagram is doing. What they're doing under the, the, this rubric of content moderation is that they are saying, oh, you don't get to say this and you don't get to say that. That's editorial. That's editing. And that makes them not platforms protected under Section 230. That makes them publishers. And that means they can be sued. And that's exactly what we're trying to unravel in these court cases, trying to make sure that these these social media companies who have been running roughshod over conservatives can be sued finally and not be tr- uh, protected by Section 230. Uh, I'm going to ask you to put your political hat on, Mr. Attorney General, because we're in the middle of primaries. Uh, I noticed. Ma- ma- yeah, I know you did. And you know what? So uh, the the Super Tuesday states, Texas is the big dog among the Super Tuesday states coming up uh, March 5th. And uh, how crucial is it, do you think, that that Republicans get out there, conservatives get out there in the primaries and get rid of these pro-Democrat Republicans? Look, I, I think we're at, a, we're at a turning point, crossroads, whatever you want to say. We've had a Texas House that's been governed by the Democrats, even though supposedly we have, we have a majority. But well, the way it works is the Democrats block vote, out of 150 members, they have 65, and then they go to the Republican that will give them the most. Whoever gives them the most, Dave Phelan, uh, then get elected because then he needs, needs 10 Republicans who all get really great committee assignments, whether it's Dustin Burroughs getting calendars or Greg Bonin getting appropriations. And that's how it's done. And then they vote for him. And then, then all these other Republicans who are afraid that they'll lose their committees or their vote, their, their ability to pass bills, they run over to support. So you just have a few Republicans speaking out about how this works. So yes, if we don't change the Texas House, we are not going to survive as a Republican state. And if we don't change the Court of Criminal Appeals and get Gina Parker, Lee Finley, and David Schenck elected, we're not going to survive because we now can't prosecute voter fraud based on, based on the fact that the House won't repass this law. And second, the Court of Criminal Appeals illegally struck down that law. Yep. We have a big problem in Texas. And if, if the voters don't speak out, we're going to lose the state. And you know who knows this? President Donald J. Trump, who won a resounding victory, another resounding victory in Michigan last night in the primary up there. And Joe Biden lost 13 points to to non-committed. <laughs> it's uh, Nikki Haley and Joe Biden have a lot in common. Uh, they're, they're losing to no name uh, people on the ballot. So President Trump has has uh, endorsed the challengers for the, the the stupidly decided Court of Criminal Appeals, eight Republicans who should have been impeached in my opinion, but he's also getting involved on on the state level with the Speaker of the Texas House, who is actually a left-wing Democrat, saying he and his pro-Democrat lieutenants, who dare to call themselves Republicans, they should also be removed from office. How, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen this before, and it shows that that President Trump can walk and chew gum at the same time to, to be able to focus on a key state that he knows is crucial to the survival of our republic, how how proud, unusual do you think you are? Uh, you think this is of President Trump to to weigh in so heavily on these state races? Well, look, I I am. This is why I love President Trump. He is not afraid 
I mean, he's at risk. He, anytime you endorse someone, you, you put yourself out there, right? And he came in and endorsed, uh, you know, the three people I talked about, David Shank, Lee Finley, and Gina Parker for Cordicone Fields because he understands that issue. And so does his son, Donald Trump Jr. But he's also come in and endorsed against the speaker. He endorsed David Covey. And he did that because he knows that Texas is crucial to any Republican winning in the future. And if we don't save Texas, and that's why he's also come out and endorsed many of the challengers to Phelan's little lieutenant. And, um, you know, he he understands if we don't hold Texas, we're going to be a one-party country, which is the goal of the Democrats, the elitist Democrats. And obviously we have some Republicans that participate in it. Dave Phelan is one of them. And we have others in the Senate. As you mentioned, you know, John Corner has never been helpful to us, but they don't they don't care about that. And they're fine with that as long as they retain their power. Exactly. And, folks, what you need to understand, Dave Phelan, is just like Mitch McConnell. Dade Phelan is just like Mitt Romney, just like Liz Cheney, just like Lisa Murkowski. He has, and, and his lieutenants have more in common and vote more often with Democrats than they do with conservatives, and they call themselves Republicans. Attorney General Ken Paxton, sir, appreciate the time and keep fighting the good fight. Hey, one other thing. You yeah. know, it's Texas for Lawsuit Reform, Dick Weekly, who you know sells a lot of homes and makes a lot of money off of Texans, who's putting the money. He and Carl Rove are putting the money behind these liberal Republicans, yes. both funding the Court of Call Appeals. The guys that struck down this law, they're putting money in there, as well as uh, our House challengers who are trying to make sure that Texas stays Republican. Well, by the way, you mentioned Carl Rove. And before you go, Mr. Attorney General, I should let you know that at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, there was a straw poll, the most trusted name in news. It was Newsmax, 49 percent. The Carl Rove Never Trump Network, Fox, 15%. So I think conservatives know exactly where Carl Rove is and how he's working for the other side. He's definitely doing that. He's definitely doing his best to keep people like me off of anything like Fox News. So I'm happy to be on uh, Newsmax anytime. Thank you, my friend. Thank you very much. Attorney General Ken Paxton there, folks. That's going to do it for this special edition of the Salcedo Storm podcast. Get out there and vote, my friends. The future of Texas and the country may depend on that vote. Till we visit again, remember this. A society's worth isn't measured by how much power is stolen by government. It's measured by how much power is reserved for you and me. We, the people. Stay vigilant out there, my friends. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Fargo, the new virtual assistant from Wells Fargo, makes banking faster and easier. Like this. Fargo, what's my checking account routing number? And this. Fargo, uh, turn off my debit card. And this. Fargo, what did I spend on groceries last month? And that's just the beginning. Do you, Fargo? You can in the Wells Fargo mobile app. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash getfargo. Terms and conditions apply. Your mobile carrier's availability and message and data rates may apply. Wells Fargo Bank and a member FDIC.